0: Hello, and welcome to Three Sheltered Girls. I'm Ashley. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jessica. And uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, It's been a while since we last met up, but I think our last topic was... About sex and that was fun. But today we're gonna go a little well, I don't know about a little bit less scandalous, probably an even amount of scandalous with music.
1: Yeah. Are you guys ready? I it's mean I'm ready s- to be just
2: as scandalous if I'm being
0: honest.
1: <laughs> I
2: like rock and roll and you know. I am four mojitos in. Yes. So I'm not I pre gamed before you guys came over. It's very important when you're talking
1: about <laughs> These traumatic past life
2: events, and it's like you're trying to
0: get us to your level because we're both on two. I've been working, I've been working hard to get you guys here. That just shows you how exciting this episode's gonna be. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be lit. We are liquored up and ready Um, to go.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. As far as music, I'm leading the music one because I love music. I had took piano lessons. I was in choir for a long, long time, both at church and at school, and separately, I, I did competent, like, I've just been kind of, you know, very heavily involved in different ways of music. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about the topic of music, in particular, secular music. Basically, secular is, um, the definition, according to dictionary.com, is denoting attitudes, activities, or any other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. It's- so you hear, like, the phrase secular world often <laughs> in the church. Yep. And basically what they're talking
1: about is it's something that's part of the world that's, like, outside of the church. Mm-hmm. It has
0: no nothing to do with God or with any type of God in any religion whatsoever. Right.
2: So can I say, like, real quickly that I did not know what secular meant whenever <laughs> I first heard it. I just heard sex. Sex-ular. <laughs> and i assumed it was sexular music and so i assumed all secular music meant sexual music
0: oh my god it's like our previous podcast it's just gonna filter it all into comes this back wise. to sex <laughs> <laughs> yes is that the theme song well of I, that? D- yeah. I do
1: think my parents like were legitimately afraid <laughs> that i would listen to the top 40 and want to have sex with
0: someone and that's the thing is that like what Sarah just said, she was like, I didn't know what secular meant. We just knew it was a bad thing, right? right? So, like, secular, we didn't know what it meant. We just knew it wasn't good. It right. wasn't okay. Like, don't be secular in any way. Especially don't listen to secular music. It's going to get into your head and it's going <laughs> to
1: rot your brain. I really,
2: You know, I really was genuinely afraid that secular music would corrupt my mind. Like, I oh, remember, yeah. like, in the car, someone, my friends would, like, play, like, a non-Christian mm-hmm. song on the radio, and I would... It's gonna, I'm getting real with you. No, no, no. Cause I've got stories for you. <laughs> I, uh, I had like, I would put, I would like imagine white noise in my ears and I would deliberately not pay attention. Cause I was like, this is secular and this has no place in my pure soul.
0: Now, Jess, I know we kind of discussed a little bit outside of the podcast. How far back can you remember when your familiarity with secular music uh began to increase what age would you say you were
1: um it was probably in middle school around the time that other people were bringing up songs from the top 40 and you know like Mm -hmm. um singing the song not knowing the lyrics and then putting even dirtier lyrics to the song because (laughs) i don't know that was just fun actually once i was able to get a walkman with a radio function oh on God. it, yeah. and I could tune into the secular radio station and flip away from the Christian one. <clears throat> That's yeah. around the time that my uh, top 40 experience what started. You said that was Start.
0: middle school, high school?
1: Probably more so high school by the yeah. time my parents trusted me with a Walkman because I think
0: they <laughs> knew I was going to do that, and so yeah. they
1: were
2: like, I don't know. Yeah. Sarah? About oh, a couple of years ago. Wow. I know. I could not tell you, <laughs> really. I really couldn't, um, what, what the popular radio stations are. <laughs> it's, it's funny. No, like, just music for me in general has
0: been very, very influential on in my life. Uh, like, I often joke with my husband about how my brain is like an iPod shuffle. You play something random, there's a high chance I know the words to it. Like, I just... It's very impressive. It is, yeah. So I kind of wanted to play a little game with you guys. Um, first off, <laughs> I, I know we talked about this. Sarah, can you name a Mariah Carey song? What was your answer the other day, whenever I asked you this? Do you remember the answer that you gave me when I said, name a Mariah Carey
2: song? I will always love you. And I said, nope, that's a Whitney Houston song. I almost said Amy Winehouse. No.
0: <laughs> not <laughs> even close. It's not but Amy Winehouse. No. Can you name, can either of you name a song by TLC? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> TLC. That was like a boy band, right? It was not. It was a female-led band.
1: Oh, see, that, what... What year It was in the 90s. the 90s. See, this so is the problem. Using, but their songs
0: are still played today on well, the radio. So you know, in fact, I, I heard it on the radio the wait, other wait, day. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Did they do the, like, the
0: Don't Go Chasing Waterfall yes, song? Yes, that is one of their <gasps> huge hits. I got hit. one. <laughs> uh, who sings Killing Me, <laughs> the song Killing Me Softly? It was a huge hit in the 90s. It's still played on the radio these days. I think I might actually <clears throat> know this one. I think it's Foo Fighters. Absolutely not. But you Damn have... Damn it! Okay, hang on. The first part of that was accurate. Foo? Foo. Or, er... yes, foo. What? Foo. It like the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It was the Fugees. Oh.
2: oh. So you
0: were close. That's probably why you thought Foo Fighters. No, I think
2: they do a cover of it, don't they? I don't think that they have. I, I don't know, I know anything about anyone. <clears throat> okay,
0: this is a popular song based from the movie Titanic. Who sings My Heart Will Go On? You guys... <laughs> Okay, if you can't, you can't see it right now, but the looks on their faces is pure confusion for a song that was a huge hit for... Mariah Carey. That was not Mariah Carey. <laughs> is that Celine Dion? Yes, it is. Thank you, Jess. I you was... get points, Sarah gets nothing. Yay. It's going to my next guess. Okay, um, who is No Doubt? What's a... In- person or a band is that gwen stefani yeah it's gwen <gasps> stefani's band <gasps> well it's not her band but it's the song that gwen stef or the, the band that gwen stefani was in that she was the lead singer of oh. songs like don't speak "Spiderwebs." you don't okay that's fine okay so this is great we're gonna have a lot of fun here so on that note i'm gonna play some songs and i want to see if you guys can guess it are you ready oh. okay
2: Wait, there's no words.
0: There aren't right now. No, I can play I can play some more later. Why didn't you play the Because I want to see if you know it, because that's how everybody knows this song is I, by that beat. I know, I know who plays it. It's the white stripes.
2: It is. Do I you don't know what the remember song's called? The How am name I supposed to of, guess what the name of the song is if I don't hear the chorus? Okay, well okay, okay, here's or, second oh, second. Clip. That just
1: shows that you're a cheater. I'm supposed to cheater. guess the title I'm, from the chorus. Okay, not not hang on, cheating. hang on. I have an Above additional clip.
0: Are you ready? Okay, here's the additional clip.
2: Nation all couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off. Taking their time right
0: behind my back. Shit. Let me tell you right now, more... I, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot more people know what this song is titled because of the, the rhythm and everything, the guitar riff that you just heard, more so than the lyrics. <clears throat>
1: so... <laughs> Just this song, like, okay. No, this is, like great, this is great. Jeremy is going
0: to listen to this episode and be like, oh, I am so, so many disappointed people. in you. This is why I'm <laughs> leading this. Okay, so this song is called Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. God, I would have never guessed that. that. Made up of famed musician Jack White and his ex-wife Meg, the White Stripes were formed through Detroit's music scene. The song Seven Nation Army that you just heard was released in 2003, so after the 2000, turn. after the turn of the century, became their signature single and was immediately met with acclaim. It went on to receive a Grammy for best rock song. In May 2008, Rolling Stone placed it at number 21 on its list of 100 greatest guitar songs of all time. And in 2010, Rolling Stone updated its 500 greatest songs of all time to include Seven Nation Army, putting it at number 286. Rolling Stone also polled artists, critics, and industry insiders in last year in 2018 to create a list of the 100 greatest songs of the 21st century, and this song was placed at number three, with its guitar riff described as one of the greatest of the century.
1: Missed that part. (laughs) Okay,
2: Okay. Uh, you guys ready for the next one? Uh, I feel like I got beat pretty bad with that last one. That's
0: okay. That's okay. We got another one. You ready? Sure. All right, let's play it.
2: Jesus freak? It is not Jesus <laughs> freak. <laughs> 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 oh my god! But I can see how you would guess. Wow! Like, what will people do if they find that I'm a Jesus <laughs> freak? <laughs> 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 no, am I? Okay. Oh my god.
0: Okay. <sighs> okay. Next clip. Are you ready? It does have words. Don't worry. Yeah.
2: teen spirit. Yes! Sarah got it! But you, who sings it? Weird Al Yankovic. Oh my god stop. Get out, of this, get out of your apartment that we're in right I'm now. I'm kidding. Is it? Well the only reason I know that is because of Weird Al because my mother allowed me to listen to Weird Al. This is not Weird Al. But I do, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was by Jess do you have any I'm English. just realizing
1: that I probably know these songs without knowing who sings them because okay. I learned them from the radio. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Okay so is this is It is. Ah! Sarah is two for two on this song. Okay, so Nirvana was formed out of Seattle's grunge rock scene, and this song launched their band into the mainstream. The song was wildly interpreted as a teen revolution anthem. It was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of songs that shaped rock and roll in 1997. In 2004, Rolling Stone ranked Smells Like Teen Spirit ninth on its list of 500. They described its impact as a shockwave of big amp purity, noting that it wiped the lingering jive of the 80s off the pop map overnight. Alright. <laughs> I guess. Next one. <laughs> this one came out. This this next one was around high school so you guys should know it. Um, but we're gonna play it. <laughs>
2: She's doing something and there's something <laughs> like that's happening and Okay, you guys know the lyrics. What's the song called? It's um. Mm, it's Blink 182. No, it's no, not. No, it oh, it's not. not. I know this one. I know this one. Okay, it's, it's um. Oh, is it Smashing Pumpkins? No! Just yes, stop it! Is it uh. Um, no! No! <laughs> it's um. Jealousy. Mm-mm. No, 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 nope. no, no. no. Nope. Um, is that
0: the band? Yeah, not Brightside,
2: Mr. Brightside. Yes. And mm-hmm. the killers. Yes. Thank you.
0: Mr. Brightside by The Killers. He was named Song of the Decade by UK Radio Stations. And in April 2010, Last.fm, a music streaming service said that it was the most listened to track since they launched the online music service with over 12.2 million plays. In 2010, Mr. Brightside was listed as number 48 on the best songs of the 21st century. And then the people so. in my
1: art class played it over and over yep. and over
0: and over again. So I had two more songs. We can play them at a d- another time for you guys outside. That song
2: was so edgy when I first heard it. It was. I was like in yeah. my master's degree at UNT when I first heard it, and I was like, "Really? Wow, the scandal! Why was it
0: scandalous? Because, because it's
2: talking about lifting up a girl's skirt uh-huh. yeah. in one part." She's so,
0: touching his chest now. He takes off her dress She's naked. They're talking about sex. Nope, it says let me go. But oh, that's uh, great. Uh, <laughs> just okay. his mind is placed. My, so, my guys, mind was just following the okay, narrative. So, 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 you
1: know. You guys heard all these
0: songs. You've heard these songs and you guys have heard how huge of an impact they are. So, whoever wants to answer me first, can you guys explain... Why it is that these songs, which are listed on multiple articles of songs everyone should know, songs each person knows the lyrics to, and the top best songs of all time, why are they so unfamiliar to you guys? Or at least most of them were so unfamiliar to you guys. Because mom <laughs> said no? <laughs> I mean, that should be the title. Mom said no. So, for me, and... I Yeah. I actually had personally speaking to your history with music. Why do you think that you don't know?
2: I don't I didn't have a history with music. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like somebody being passionate about sports. And I think you almost have to be indoctrinated Mm -hmm. before you develop a passion for it. And you know, like Mm -hmm. I think for me personally it was just something that I I was never I never had like that great experience. Do you ever music. have a draw to it? Like, like kind of like. like don't get me wrong. Like, I play music, I study music, yeah. and and stuff like that. I even wrote a lot of songs myself. Mm-hmm. But as far as listening <laughs> to music, like, I didn't have friends that we sat around listening to, you know, like the latest song that came out or albums mm-hmm. or whatever. Do
1: you think that the reason why your friends weren't into those songs was because they were listening to Christian music and not secular music?
2: Like, did you have any friends outside of church that? Well, I did not have any friends outside of church really. For a while. I had a couple I um, mean, I had a couple of friends. Um the why? I don't know. Like I mean we we listened to the same we had like the same favorite bands. Like it would be T F K, which is Thousand Foot mm-hmm. Crutch, or Lion K. Cutlass. Uh Cutless was well, I mean I didn't listen listened a lot of cutless, they're almost too edgy for me. But oh. um but like those were those were the bands that we listened to and a lot of like my first boyfriend was in like the worship band and so obviously his spare time was and he went to private school. Right. Like, that was just our culture. That's what I was submersed in. That's what we all talked about.
1: So here's the thing. It's funny because I know the lyrics to all of... A lot of the lyrics to all of the songs that you played. I know mm-hmm. the tunes. My brain's, like, able to keep playing out the song, mm-hmm. trying to guess what the title is or the chorus. It again, yeah. But it is really because, mm-hmm. like, my <laughs> whole experience with learning about the Top 40 of music was from mm-hmm. listening to the radio on that little Walkman while I'm laying in bed and my parents are asleep and they don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, if it, I wasn't able to buy CDs really, yeah. or like with the names of the songs and with uh, the artists and such. So, like, I know the songs, but I don't know who wrote them. I, I wasn't allowed to be open about my relationship with music and so it's not as complete as it would be even though I really do
0: love music
1: yeah like I really do enjoy listening to it and kind of emoting with it and
0: feeling along with it and to that point you know music is so incredibly important in our world for so many things so in researching I found a few articles to explain why that is um uh, from an article from time magazine studies have shown that music can buoy your mood and fend off depression Um, it can also improve blood flow in similar ways. Um, it can lower your levels of stress related hormones, um, like cortisol, and it can also ease pain. Listening to music before an operation improves post-surgery outcomes. Music appears to selectively activate neurochemical systems and brain structures associated with positive mood, emotion, regulation, attention, and memory that promote beneficial changes. Um, on the adverse side of that. A 2015 study from Finland found that music can bolster negative emotions as well, like aggression, sadness, anger, <clears throat> much in the same way that it counteracts these feelings. Um, so, for example, if you listen to if you listen to the Halloween movie theme, you're probably going to feel more stressed. Versus if you listen to something more calming, you're going to feel calm. So, like you don't play calming music during Halloween time, and you don't play the Halloween theme during a massage. So, <laughs> music has different sections for different moods. It, you have to play specific things. That's why you have playlists on your spotify or your apple music whatever you have that you use to play music you play certain songs to match the mood that you're in to kind of enhance the feeling that you're feeling so <clears throat> kind of segueing this into how it plays into the christian world so growing up in church our music choices were incredibly minimal i guess we can all agree with that i remember when my mom used to finally let us listen to the radio and i'll never forget one time uh, the backstreet voice song everybody was playing on the radio right <laughs> And we listened to it, and my mom would grab the knob for a specific word. And this is actually going to be a, a good callback to our previous episode. Oh, this is hysterical. The song, sec, or the, the word sexual. <laughs> so the lyrics, my, the lyrics go, <laughs> Am I original? Yeah. Am I the only one?
1: Yeah.
0: Am I sexual? Yeah. Am I everything you need? Anyway. My mom literally didn't want me to hear the word sex. So it would be like, yeah, am I the only one? Yeah, am I? Mute. She would just turn the knob. How old were you? Oh, God. I think I was like nine or ten. Okay. <clears throat> I was I was, I was, was old enough to know that. I was like, I know what word she's saying because I already heard it at friends' houses. But my mom was choosing me in the car. I'll let her listen to the radio, but not that word. What about for you guys? Like, if any secular music came on the radio. Oh, I just wasn't allowed or... to listen to it. Like, okay. I wasn't allowed to listen to that
1: radio station. I wasn't allowed <laughs> to have the CDs. Yeah. My parents routinely invaded my privacy by going through what I had in my room. So I would actually get like christian music cd cases and then fill them with the other music or i would sneaky yeah or i would record over christian music cassettes with like radio playlists oh i used to
0: record mixed cassettes yeah yeah
1: yeah. so it was like it was just all about hiding it from my parents i wasn't allowed to do it at all and when they did when we did try to make a case for it like for Example, one time I played Clocks by Coldplay mm-hmm. to my mom, and I was like, no, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's poetic. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just gorgeous music. Yeah. And she was like, you have to understand that anything you listen to needs to be, n- needs to make you think about God. It should be an act of praise listening to music. You should, um, <laughs> like, you, you need, it's a slippery slope type of thing, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, I did I did a bunch of research on, you know, um, is secular music bad? Like, you know, just looked up a bunch of different um, faith-related articles. And in particular, for Jess, I looked up some focus on the family stuff. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're incredibly welcome. Uh, and it was really interesting to read this. The title is Make, Making Wise Entertainment Choices. Under a section called The Downward Spiral, uh-huh. um, they talk about music and how... Suggestive it gets, and it talks about it starting with the Beatles song "I Want to Hold Your Hand." <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It says here, this is a direct quote from this article. I'm reading it in front of me. It says, "Take a look at these song titles and see for yourself the moral erosion in pop music's romantic relationships." Oh,
1: moral erosion! Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They
0: bring up uh, 1964, the Beatles sing "I Want to Hold Your Hand." 1967, the Rolling Stones make a bolder overture with "Let's Spend the Night Together." Um, and I'll, I won't name all the songs, but it goes all the way down to 1999. Cisco's "Randy Obsession" appear in the thong song an "Ode to Women's Underwear." <laughs> My humps finds oh not 2005. <laughs> yeah, 2005. My humps finds "Will I Am" of the Black Eyed Peas ogling quote lady lumps. Oh yes. 2006. Um. Nelly Furtado may act coy, but a casual hookup is inevitable on her song "Promiscuous." In 2008, Katy Perry encourages same-sex experimentation with her smash oh, hit I Kissed a oh. Girl. And then it's a, uh, yeah. There's and then a in my voice. Se- <laughs> it ends oh. that section saying, Clearly popular music has been sliding into the sewer for a long time. Oh. <laughs> yep. That's what it says. <laughs> this sounds like
1: so, right on key with everything <clears throat> that I grew right. up with. So,
0: okay, so hold on, let's back up. 30 years ago... No, this was the 1994. So this 1994.
2: Was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles held hands. Now no, no, no. Then In next, 1964. 1964. The Beatles held hands. The Beatles held hands. And then you blink and next thing you know, you're sex and you're pregnant and you're dead. Yeah. Essentially. It is so, interesting
1: though because there's like mm-hmm. this idea that like there was this pure time. When secular music was actually okay. It started with
0: hand-holding.
1: Because it was more wholesome, and then the Beatles came around, and it was just a downward slope from there. And here
0: you go. That that just kind of tells you about how a lot of churches view um, secular music. I, I think, for me, music was always a way to feel a release and to feel what the study suggests, like either empowered or validated in my emotions or inspired by something. From a church standpoint, I think... It's always either listen to Christian music or you'll be pulled into this void of sin with any kind of secular music, right? Um, For me personally, and I wrote this down, I was able to kind of discern the lyrics from the real thing. So, like, I would listen to rap or rock songs in high school that talked about drugs and sex, but I wasn't actually doing drugs or having sex. And I didn't allow the music and lyrics to fully influence
2: my own personal choices
0: because I still had autonomy over my own actions. So I think for me, like, the way that my parents raised me, I still was pretty you know, set in the moral ways of what they taught me, even if I was listening to secular music because I was able to discern it, What's interesting to me about what you just (laughs) said is how
1: you were able to listen to the lyrics and realize that, like, you could listen to the lyrics and appreciate the song as a song Mm -hmm. without feeling like you needed to go out and Mm -hmm. do some drugs or have sex with someone, right? And that kind of reminds me of during the Harry Potter episode how we were talking Mm -hmm. about, like, reading a story about magic, and there's this belief that, like, if you let your kids read the story about magic, they're going to want to go out and do magic. It's the same idea if you listen to a song where there's, like, sex, drugs... And rock and roll, yeah. let's add that in there, yeah. then <clears throat> your kids are going to want to go have sex and do drugs. I think exactly. I That's think I, the
2: exact same thing. I think I actually mentioned that in the Harry Potter, um, I think yeah, I, in yeah, the, you did in that podcast too, about like my fear of being exposed to um, secular or sinful or whatever yeah. is going to corrupt me against my will. Right. Like I'm not going to want to go down the path of sin, but I can't help it because music. So on top of that, there is an
0: article here on Billy Graham.com. And this is a, a, a sentence straight from an article. It says, when you repeatedly hear certain ideas and themes in music, they almost inevitably inevitably
2: become a part of you, and you begin to think they are true or not so bad. Jeez. So here's here's the problem with that. Yeah. And this is, I think this is like the biggest problem maybe with the Christian upbringing. And I don't even think it's biblical. I think it's just a whole bunch of fear. It is strange fear. But also, I think that people have this idea that when you get exposed to something, you're more likely to, um, like, it's not even like you're likely to, it's like you're, you're destined to be involved in it in the Mm -hmm. worst possible way. And I think that's dangerous because you, by, by cutting this off, by not exposing to them, it's almost like not allowing them to have a vaccination. So we've discussed this several times in the
0: podcast, and I wrote this down: ignorance and abstinence doesn't work and prepare people well in the church. Right, It's the exact same thing. They I
2: understand. mean, you. Yeah. I think it's 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 a, it's a disservice to your kid. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, not talking about sex, not talking like not reading them Harry Potter. It's important them to to expose, but also guide them as they're being exposed to these things because they're because it's 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 not it's not all bad. Like that's. It's like also the most frustrating thing about that. Focus mm-hmm. on the family. Like I want to hold your hand. You can't listen to it because maybe in thirty years they're going <laughs> to sing about bumping and grinding. Yeah. And ironically, they did, but they couldn't have known that in '64. I
0: know, and that's what that's so
2: yeah. that's so silly to me. I no, wa- I want to say something
1: here if it's okay. Go like, for it. There's two things here. Like the first thing, because I'm going to say something about both sides for Mm -hmm. a second here like Mm -hmm. on the one hand I feel like I was at a profound disadvantage not listening to this music when I transitioned into a public school Mm -hmm. and it was like one of the number one things to talk about like you made the comparison to sports era earlier Sarah like not being part of that culture it was like I immediately felt alienated Mm -hmm. because they were talking about some band and I had no clue what they were talking about and so I I couldn't relate and it all even put me in this situation where I felt like I wanted to dislike them more as not being Christians because I couldn't Mm. relate to them Mm -hmm. um the other thing that I wanted to say though is that like Just to play devil's advocate for a second, I think that there is, especially when you're young and you're listening to this music, there is this sense where you're listening to music and if you are the kind of person like I am where you want to emotionally identify Mm -hmm. with the words that the person is saying and follow along with the full experience of the song, that that music gets into you and it starts to color how you think about relationships and how you think about, like I'm thinking about that song, Fuck the Police, how you think Mm -hmm. about... The police and their role in the community, which is another conversation which maybe we can talk about in the future. And and that's another
0: thing is that there are a lot of, um, in my research, I don't mean to cut you off, but in my research there are a lot of things that, a lot of political songs, whenever people can't, don't feel like they can genuinely express how they feel about a certain political side. That's where these songs do come in right. to kind of help validate how they feel about right. so I think that like was during the nineties with, with the, with the LA riots yeah, and everything. that exactly. was incredibly impactful. Exactly. Right.
1: So like, I feel like there mm-hmm. is some truth to this concern that, that, that if you let your listen, your children listen to this music, it will have a profound impact on the way they see the world. I think that that's true. I agree. But I also think that, um, you know, if you come out too harsh against it and you tell your kids, like, don't listen to this at all because it's evil and it's going to corrupt your mind, then you're coloring the way they think about you know, ninety percent of the rest of the world. That does how are they listen to be that music that music? High school and work environment. How they relate things. to I mean, other people? How they like fit into the bigger culture?
0: There's got to be some kind of compromise,
1: right? What you're saying, okay, right? Yeah.
2: so I mean, I don't really feel like I was that negatively impacted nope. by being fully sheltered okay. from music. I mean, aside from you know some 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 mild ribbing as an adult, I really don't feel like <laughs> I uh missed out on a whole lot. And maybe that's because and I think I think that's in the same way that people who, you know, weren't brought up in sports and don't care a lot about baseball as adults or whatever, don't really think that they're missing out on baseball. They're just like they don't sit there and think to themselves, man, I wish I played baseball. That being said, that being said, um I wanna touch on your point real quick, Jess, on um, you know, not you know, being careful about what your kids listen to because it can impact them. And I agree. Um, Obviously, you know age appropriateness when it comes mm-hmm. to song and some common yeah. sense mm-hmm. whenever it comes to approaching these topics. But also the importance, I think, of going through this, going down this road with them. If it's a road they're interested in, and obviously if it's age appropriate, I think it's important to go down it with them and help them navigate. Like you know, like explain to them maybe the context of like if they're singing just "fuck the police." Like explain to them the context <laughs> of the song. Or like a good example, I think, is "Flyleaf." <laughs> She sang a song, Columbine, I think it was, it was Mm -hmm. written for Columbine shooting and talk about, you know, what the impact of that song meant. And it was Mm -hmm. a Christian band, but it was about a girl dying, Mm -hmm. getting shot in the head.
1: Can I bring up a sidebar here? This is a different topic. Absolutely. This is what
2: podcasts are. That I
1: want to talk about that Sarah and I had talked about briefly Mm -hmm. about concerts and like the first experience, like the experience of going to a church with a praise band and feeling Mm -hmm. moved by the music and the lights Mm -hmm. and the smoke machine or whatever, and then going to the concert and feeling this, like a secular concert and Uh feeling this same experience of hands-raised phones out. Like, Mm -hmm. have you experienced that?
0: Oh, so many times. I've been to so many concerts. But did you
1: also think that, because Sarah was saying before that initially she felt that that, like, feeling, that spiritual feeling of
0: being present and moved by the music
2: Mm -hmm. was... Isolated Church, yeah,
1: isolated to church.
0: I mean, no, I've, 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 I've felt, and like I said earlier, like I've felt a euphoric sense of, you know, overwhelming presence, whether or not it was at a
2: secular concert or a Christian concert. So here's what was really confusing for me, uh huh? Really, really, really confusing for me because you gotta understand, the only concerts I'd ever gone to were Christian concerts There's and Six Flags. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> that Newsboys concert, but then also like you know, the huge conferences when it comes to like um, acquire the fire, yes. um, Christian conferences, a couple of uh, youth conferences where they had the music right. The first actual concert that I went to um, that was secular uh, was a Walk the Moon concert as an adult. Yeah. With um, Doug. And it was like, it was like spiritual in a way. Like yeah. I was so surprised with how similar it was, and I it rocked me to my core. And that's the thing that's the beauty about music is that
0: everybody has it interpreted differently. I'm sure there are some people in the audience that were just like, "Oh my God, I walked the mad, like didn't have the same euphoric experience that you did, but it was it was just as impactful to you as it would have for the previous concerts you went to. You know what I mean? Like there's just a there's an awakening inside you personally that makes you feel a connection to the music. and that's what I love about music. That's why I'm a, such a huge fan of so many different types, not country. But I, you know, I think, I think that says a lot about what music means to you. So I think that maybe even with a Walk the Moon concert, it's just as spiritual for you. Because it's a it's a personal spiritual. I think that's experience. really
1: interesting that you're like kind of connecting just like music in itself being spiritual and a connection with other people Absolutely. and God. Yeah, because that that's how it's been. For that me. that is universal to all music. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think what Sarah is saying is like because I had the same exact experience mm-hmm. going to a church that really put a lot of emphasis on the music and the like the praise band mm-hmm. of like. You know, standing at the front, like one of the front pews with my hands up, listening to the music and walking mm-hmm. back and forth and feeling like one with something greater than myself. And then having a very similar experience at a concert where I'm part of a crowd and we are all one with each other mm-hmm. in tune with the music and feeling like, crap, I've been hoodwinked. You know?
2: Like, yeah. Is that, I know. You, is that how you felt? Yeah, that's specific. Oh, okay. See, that's
0: totally different for me. Yeah. I didn't realize that that's what you were saying. You just said it was spiritual, and I was like, no, yeah, I was I a was, lot of...
2: No, I was confused because it felt spiritual. Whereas, okay, okay. Because, yeah. you know, it, it, I, like, it felt... Yeah. felt like It felt like church. It was very much like this weird moment where I was
1: like... I need to reassess what's been going on here because this is not what I thought it was. Right. See, that's yeah. totally
0: different for me. I guess I didn't realize that that hadn't happened for the two of you at, at secular con- It's happened for me. It's so many different concerts, but each concert experience has been different, but there have been those like cathartic releases of like, you know, like, like, like cortisol and like the stress relief mm-hmm. of everything kind of happening. That's what music has been for me. Right.
2: So in an in interesting twist, um, and I'm going to bring out some of my, my music theory knowledge on here. Go for it. So um, back in the day, I think, I can't remember which period it was. I think it was before the Renaissance. It was early, early Renaissance. Uh, maybe late Baroque. <laughs> they had, um, right whenever the um, harpsichord and piano uh, were first invented, um, there was a chord mm-hmm. that was not allowed to be played in music.
0: It was mm-hmm. called the
2: devil's chord because it was a minor chord and it sounded it, eva- it evoked like negative a scary movie themes. It evoked negative emotions, <laughs> huh? Because of because you know minor sounds sad, right? Yeah, yeah. And they weren't allowed to play it. It was, and that was so early on in the de- in the development of music, mm-hmm. and you know, especially we consider it as it is today, there was still that fear huh. of music evoking negativity yeah. and and influencing a person's soul. <clears> That's <throat> really interesting. That even started with just a note, not even the lyric. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a chord, a chord. Sorry, it was a chord. Excuse yeah, me. and uh, but you're right, like it was, um, yeah. Like that, the chord had nothing to do with lyrics. It's interesting the evolution of music that fear that I think that we look back on and we think that is so absurd. Why would you be afraid of a chord? But kind of in Jess's um, point is that we have to acknowledge the power of music Mm -hmm. for what it is. Its power Mm -hmm. to evoke emotion, yeah, Mm -hmm. and influence mood. Kind of like what you said before, too, um, Mm -hmm. Ashley. And. Acknowledging the impact it can have on us and the way it can influence the masses, kind of like the Nirvana song that you mentioned, also mm-hmm. uh, is really important to be aware of. And I think you know, being ignorant of it isn't the answer, and I also think sheltering from it isn't the answer either. But uh, I think embracing it and also learning how to smartly navigate it yeah. is is right, going right. to be key.
1: So, just mm-hmm. curious here, like. How do you think you will approach censoring or not censoring what your children listen to in the future?
0: I mean, in the same senses, I'll just go ahead and go. I think in the same senses that I grew up. I think gradual introduction, um, because also, like you know, my my you know my husband is a drummer, so obviously music is going to be a huge part of you know my my children's lives and. Um, you know, he plays at church and, you know, he's also played in multiple bands. I think gradual introduction, um, to the point where finally it's like, okay, you know, you're driving now, so obviously you have control of your own radio. Whatever you listen to now is going to be your choice because I'm not in the car with you or I'm not around you whenever you're listening to this. Your friends are going to introduce stuff. Just remember what other morals we've taught you. And that's how I was. But as far as like specific lyrics, like what you said, that could be really influential, I think those would probably come at a later time right? after they've kind of already developed a sense of self where they can discern for themselves if this is something they should be listening to or not.
2: Right. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? <clears throat> I think I would have to gauge their interest in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not really – because music's not a huge part of my life – um, like I know it is for yours, Ashley, and uh, maybe yours, Jess. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's not something I listen a lot to. It's not something like they'll probably get a ton of exposure to because I don't really listen to. It. I don't really care about it that much. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I see them gauging interest in it, I'm going to treat it like any other aspect of their life that they have interest in that I think has potential for um, some negative, maybe maybe not even negative, maybe like pff, uh, exposure to concepts too early for them. Mm-hmm and in that regard, I'm, I'll be involved, and that might mean, um, you know, if they're, like, really interested in singing, like, adult, like, maybe, like, very teen-ish songs when they're 12 or 11 with their girlfriends, you know, that might mean, you know, kind of saying, hey, guys, let's pick different songs for tonight or something like that, and maybe talking to my daughter afterwards, like, just so you know, these are what these songs mean. Do you have any questions about it? Or maybe even just Ask him to not play it at all. The at mm-hmm. summer party things of that nature, I, and that's and that's kind of bringing me back. Like, are we sheltering them? I don't know if that's a shelter thing as so much as I'm trying to make it age appropriate. I feel yeah. like, yeah, everyone's talking about like being afraid of like the young kids. I'm more afraid of like the 10 to 12 year old. Race.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, me. So the preteens are <laughs> way more. As we're talking about this, like my brain goes
1: straight to preteen music. I,
0: I recognize my mom turned the radio down. That's when they
2: become I was, like little, they're from babies but, but to I teens. Mean, like, mm-hmm.
1: They, okay, they hit that so, double digit. So, my, like, my niece is like seven or eight, and she has, I just was with her last weekend, and she has like her, her iPad, and she's watching music videos on YouTube with kids around her age, like oh. in the music videos. And like, they're all like pseudo sexualized, like not mm. quite in sexual outfits, but mm-hmm. doing kind of sexual moves. And I don't know if this is just a part of my upbringing where I go, still, <laughs> it, like, it might be. We'll have to do an episode on mom's <laughs> like, Ugh. But like I watch these videos and part of me is just like, I want to censor yet? that.
2: <laughs> I, know. Not yet. I yeah. you know. And I think that's a, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a point where we're going to have to talk a little bit with our, with our kids be like, Hey, so what do you think of these girls dancing? And oh gosh, how would you even navigate that? I like, know.
0: but that's the thing is that, like you said, like you know, because you said age appropriate. It's like not yet, but
1: but this is considered age appropriate.
0: Now this could be a complete, yeah, sidebar. completely different. Topic. No, 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 no. This <laughs> yeah. could be a sidebar. So it's, it's kind no, of no, no. The point I was going to make was, music though, yeah. right? No, the point I was going to make is like this could be a sidebar, but it's also a lot easier to find things today than it was whenever we were kids. Like, going on Netflix, a kid could just watch any TV show. If like Now, whenever you go on Netflix, you know, it personalizes stuff for you. But if, you know, a, a 10-year-old happens to be searching through different things on Netflix and they see something that kind of piques their interest, it wouldn't be hard if a parent's not home for them to be able to watch that. Same thing on YouTube. Right. It's a different thing. I think it's a lot easier for kids to be a little bit more exposed to that now than so, it was whenever we were kids because we just had, you know, NTV and it's like, don't watch NTV. Well, but know but now it's so kids, different. Kids, when they're young like that, they
1: imitate what they see. <clears throat> they do. So they watch yeah. a YouTube video and they want to do, like they want to wear the same things and mm-hmm. move the same way and act it. And a lot of the times I feel like it's just inappropriate
2: So here's, behavior. A, here's yeah. an idea. So let's say, um, I think, I think a, a huge, a huge point in this is, you know, we're afraid of someone else driving our actions for our kids. And I think that instills a fear of loss of control for parents. Yes. Like suddenly someone else mm-hmm. is raising their kids. Someone else is telling them what to dress and how to dance and what to sing and how to feel and how to think. And that's going to install a lot of fears for parents because suddenly they don't have control anymore. So I think what I would recommend, right, like as someone who would come up to me and ask me like, Sarah, what do you think I should do here? I would probably say like if they're interested in music, like I wouldn't necessarily say don't um, don't censor it. So much, as I say, almost embrace it. Like, if they're dancing, if they're singing, then I say, like, hey, get them involved in some singing lessons. Let's funnel that passion. Let's get them on an instrument. And some dance let's, classes. Let's invoke some creativity. And, yeah. and instead of having yeah. them try to bend their emotions to relate to a song, let's teach them how to emote their emotions through creative outlets like Mm -hmm. dancing or singing and in that way i think that's kind of guiding them to create their own autonomy um Mm -hmm. and and relationship with music and i obviously they're going to be influenced a little bit but i don't think it's going to have as severe of an impact so
1: you're saying like broaden the vocabulary what they're exposed to hoping (laughs) that like some of these influences that you don't quite consider positive are kind of countered yeah, and I by mean, are and you gonna, it's,
2: it's kind of like, would you rather would you rather watch a soccer game or play a soccer game if you're really, really good at soccer? You know what well, I mean? And kind of circling back
0: to that about, you know, the topic of sex, Sarah, that you talked about age appropriateness of having the conversation. Is there also an age appropriateness of having, you know, music, like,
2: brought to a child's mind if they start peaking an interest? Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I think the biggest key... Whenever you're thinking about like ages with kids, is not necessarily the number because kids are going to mature at different rates. Mm-hmm. You have to be very mindful and very involved in your child's life and keep the dialogue mm-hmm. open. And if you see behaviors in your child that are going to be concerning, you know, like um, dressing in ways you don't think are appropriate, uh, that's a conversation. Modesty, I think that's a great podcast. I think we
0: need to do I more. I don't, I don't think you have that written down with. as a topic, but it needs to be known.
2: Get, like, <laughs> but like, talk we about, talk about with your kid, we're like, hey, this is. Like it's not your fault that other people are gonna sexualize you or whatever, but it's important. Like this is why we wear this here. You can wear this at home, that's fine. But out, don't wear this because of these reasons. And and let them know like it doesn't impact your value, doesn't impu- doesn't mean yeah. anything on you, but like. In our society, in this school, there's a dress code. Let's up here buy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or give them reasons. Don't just say because I told you so. And relate to them. Be like, I know it's fun. I know this is great. Let's put on silly costumes and dance to the next song. Well, I think also if they know about
1: sex at a younger age, it's a much easier thing to say that like adults who dress this way and move this way are actually doing the same thing similar to what these birds are doing here when you're sending mating (laughs) signals to each other and you're not ready for
2: that yet that's true that's probably true but also like i don't know i think i think i would um completely i think that the idea of like you know dancing a a dance move with my parents would completely change the meaning of a song for me instead of just sitting and watching a music video yeah yeah that's a good point like if, if but it's two different effects it's two completely different effects because yeah. it changes one <coughs> thing from like me wishing I was someone else to me enjoying who I am with mm-hmm. my parents who love me yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's what I'm trying to say As I think parents just need to be more involved in any ways that they can
0: and that's the thing is that kind of going back to what I said whenever my mom finally would let me listen to secular music in the car I love listening to music with her in the car yeah it was really mm-hmm. fun and now that you know she I like Bruno Mars she likes Bruno Mars I like Justin Bieber like she likes just like it's fun that we can you know kind of kind of do that together. Kind of a
2: quick side story. Um, actually, I just remembered this as you we were talking about time. it. I know. Um, and I, I feel like we've been talking for like two hours on this topic. Oh my God. No, it's great. it's but, been a good topic. Um there was one point where my best uh, at my time, my best friend in like middle school or high school, we were listening to some sort of song. And it was it may have been like DC talk. It was, it was, it was Christian, but it was also like loud and kind of rappy. And we're in my bedroom, the door was closed and we were like, listen to it. And it was loud on this, on like the the (laughs) CD changer or whatever. And my door busts open. My mom's wearing a baggy t-shirt. My dad has his hat on backwards and they are doing. They are oh doing disco. Gosh. No, I'm just the gangster moves the best they can. My dad drops to the floor and tries to break dance. My dad he tries to dance. do this. Oh my god! <laughs> he he just oh, spins. Him. He sits on his butt and spins in a tight circle. My mom's over here like doing rapper moves towards my dad. And you know what? I got up and danced with them. Like yeah. that, that wasn't embarrassing at all to me. And that's a fun memory. It was for a fun you. memory. Yeah. I, believe, I cannot tell you the song, but I can tell you the memory. It was know? fun. It was yeah. so much fun. And I think it's that positive regard you get with your parents. I don't think... I think if we take these memories instead of shunning them and make them negative we embrace them and we guide them to like a positive life that's happy Yeah. and it sounds like your parents validated you in that they did. moment
0: and that made you feel really happy because you could connect with them I think
2: that's all people are looking for yeah. is for connection if, they're I think go- that's if a great they can't e- connect with your parents they're going to connect somehow with that's someone that's not a
0: side story that's a great example of how to kind of connect with, with parents and kids and I think that was really cool that that happened yeah it was a fun, yeah. it was a fun so moment. any final thoughts on music and secular versus sacred music anything like that, anything that you guys, w- like, you know, in your minds wish the church would <clears throat> would do? Because there are other things that I read about, you know, some churches will play sometimes secular music to kind of, like, get the crowd. Like, sometimes I read some things about Taylor Swift being played as people are coming into the service oh. for it. But anything that you wish that the church would would do in regards to music um, based on your own personal Actually, experiences? I have
2: uh, one more little anecdote. And Go for it. And then I'll pass them right to you, Jess. Um sorry, I keep clearing my throat. There was a poster in my at a church that I was a youth pastor at whenever I was in college that had a list of popular secular bands and next to it had a corresponding Christian band that you could listen to instead. <laughs> okay. So less of those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm I want to hear even, this
2: list if you can remember I can't. I, it was a long list. I'd have had like 200 bands on there. I don't care. Remember
0: it. That's, <laughs> That's exhausting. I'm just kidding. It
2: was Yeah, That took some research. It really did.
0: Somebody listened to those secular they songs.
2: Did. They listened to them and they were like, you know what this sounds like? Maybe this song. This yeah. band. Yeah.
1: So,
0: Jess, what is something, what final thoughts final and thoughts. what you wish, I wish the church might could do?
1: Well, I don't know. This isn't really about the church. But I wish someone would put together a music appreciation playlist of all of the essential songs I need to listen to and be familiar with. I can like, do that for you. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Ashley, from like 1985, maybe? No, 19 let's say 1980 to like 2005. Oh,
0: I can definitely do that for you yeah That's because i yeah. feel like yeah, yeah, that yeah. would
1: help me tremendously and just like <laughs> being able
0: to follow along with conversation no i can definitely take care of that because i already have a lot of a lot of that as playlists on my spotify but um this has been a good discussion i don't know about you guys but i feel like this was fun discussion mm-hmm. it was good but everybody's mm-hmm. experience about music and um i don't know if we have a topic narrowed down for next time but it's gonna be just as epic Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: If it's yeah. if it's me who does it, I'm doing Modesty.
2: I think Modesty would be a good one. Modesty's a good week. one?
1: Yeah, I next think time. so. Yeah. Anyway, so let's modesty. save that for the next episode. Sounds great. Modesty. Uh,
0: again, this is uh, Three Sheltered Girls. I'm Ashley.
2: Sarah, who are you? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm Tipsy, but also <laughs> okay. I'm Sarah.
1: You're Tipsy, Sarah. And I'm Jessica. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.